So Philippians uh, 2 verse 12, we're going to be going, we have been going through Philippians, we've been learning the secret of joy, we've been learning a lot, who enjoyed Mark's preach? Seven, okay, four. <laughs> I heard it was really good, I haven't listened to it yet, it should be up on the web soon, but um, I'm hearing great reports from the preach and from the worship last week, so it's exciting, we're moving forward, God's raising up an army and you're part of it, that is the prophecy on our lives. Uh, and you guys are the army, okay? So just get ready. Get ready to stand and march to the orders of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that uh, your anointing is here and your presence is with us. We thank you, God, for, for all that you're doing in and through us. God, and we just pray that we would just uh, stick close to you. Father, and, uh, we would just we'd rave about you in our lives. That you'd become the most important thing to us. In every single thing we do, Lord Jesus. I pray for your blessing to rest on us. I pray for a spirit of unity to rest on this church. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. If you look at uh, Philippians 2, really, obviously it comes out of Philippians 1. We don't have to be at to know that. But uh, it's, it's, it speaks about Christ's humiliation and Christ's exaltation, which really is an example for us to follow. And then Paul gets here into verse 12. And it says this. It goes, therefore. Now wherever you see therefore in the Bible, you just look backwards. Because it's, it's, it's kind of, it's hinging off what has just been said. So we learned last week that, uh, that Christ is an example of humility. That a servant leader, we need to follow Jesus, we need to be like Jesus in every single thing we do. So it's the call on our life. So it says, therefore. And another way of looking at it, at it is that, and so we must do this. Okay. So it goes, therefore. My beloved, I love how Paul writes. It's always with this, this heart that he just absolutely loves the Philippian church. As you've always obeyed, so now not only in my, as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may become blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and a twisted generation, among, among whom you shine as lights in the world. The word for world is cosmos. And I think a more correct uh, translation would be the universe. It says that as we don't grumble, we don't complain, we shine like stars uh, in the universe. Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ, which is when Christ comes back, uh, I may be proud that I did not run or labor in vain, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I'm glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Almost stop there. The Bible is awesome. Okay, if we, we pick this up and we say, God, just the only way we can understand this word is not through what other people have commented in the Bible, it's through the Holy Spirit. And so I've been realizing more and more is that you cannot understand the word properly unless you have, have been filled and have an infilling of the Holy Spirit and understand what it's because otherwise it's just words. Otherwise it becomes Christian philosophy. With these, with Jesus says, these are the words of life. This Bible is the words of life. And I think sometimes churches preach it like it's the word of death. And they preach it in a way that, that, that condemns people, that, that makes people feel bad. And we're like, that is not good news. We, we, the gospel is that, uh, it, it, the meaning of the word gospel is this glad tidings. It's good news. So when we preach this word, we should say, okay, well, God, God's wrath was pouring out us, on us in Romans 1. But His wrath was pouring out on us because He wants to take us to a place of repentance. 
What is God's highest law, as we've heard from Paul a few weeks ago? It's the law of love. God wants to take us back to that place. And it's uh, the same that's happened in me in the past few weeks, just about understanding the love of God, that um, that is the main point. Stala was just sharing, she shared it in the meeting today. Just the main point of who God is, is love. And we have to understand that He is this loving Father. He is the Father of the prodigal Son. So, number one, if you look through this, and it's a good way of remembering it, you can take your notes. It's upward, outward, and inward. There's three parts to this text. It's upward, first of our relationship with God. It's outward, our relationship with uh, unbelievers. And then inward is the relationship with one another. And the Bible clearly says that we should will know, uh, the world will know that we are disciples by our love and unity and community. Kenonia, which is, uh, means a community with a purpose. Our love for one another moving forward. So, we have to be like Jesus. We have to have a relationship with God, relationship with unbelievers, and a relationship with believers. That, just to simplify it in your head, that's, that's really what this whole text is talking about. So, first of all, it says, uh, you need to, number one, take responsibility for your own walk with God. Verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you always obey, so not my only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. See, doctrine, which is the study of, of the Word, and the study of different understandings who God is, should lead to duty. Information, I don't want this just to be information. I want, I want this study, because we're preaching the Word, the Word of life, this information is to lead to transformation in your life. And we've seen that. If I look at many examples in the church, just... People who've allowed the Spirit of God to work in their lives, they've allowed the Word of God to work in their lives, they're, they're radically different. And it's the same promise that was 2,000 years ago to, to where it is today. I'm smiling because he's one of them. Um, I'm smiling because I'm one of them. And uh, it's just allowing the word, the word of God and the Spirit of God in both equal parts to come and change our hearts. We need to take responsibility for our own walk of God. Mm. It says, in my presence and in my absence. So I can't be there on a Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, set your alarm for you, and say, listen, it's, it's time for you to wake up and spend time with God. You need to take the responsibility. And, uh, and what he's saying is that it's, it's actually all up to us, but then God comes. So we need, we need to just, we need to draw near to God as He draws near to us. It's the same in worship this morning. We, we want to engage God, but it's not going to happen if we, and I said probably two, three weeks ago, we don't have the faith to meet with the living Father. If we come down and we're tired and actually can't wait for lunch, we can't wait to get to local servants, whatever it is, we, we're not going to be thinking about the King. And actually there's a corporate anointing that happens when all of us are seeking God and, and, and want to seek Him. He comes. And it's, it's always a two-way street. God is always working up there. There's one mediator. And I get worried when people quote other people they could be great teachers, could be great books, and they don't have any revelation for themselves. You have to carry a revelation of who Jesus is in your heart. And it is the most important thing about you. And I've seen in people's lives actually get to a place, he turned uh, to one dude recently, and he, he doesn't actually have an understanding of certain uh, doctrines in the Bible, and understanding, but he has a friend that does, so he just believes what the friend believes. That's not what Paul is saying. He says, you have to work out your own salvation. You have to understand it. Almost you have to, uh, whatever God has put in, you have to work it out. Um, notice that it doesn't say, work for your salvation. Clear, okay? 
and it doesn't say that. It's, it's coming from this premise that we are saved. Is that God is, it's, and the word for work there is almost, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word that's got to do with mining. Now if you look at a miner, they don't go put diamonds and then dig them out again. Okay? There's now God formed the coal that kind of scratched into diamonds and your rubies and all these things that kind of are, are God's jewels underground. It's the same with us. God saves us. We are 100% right with God. We're part of a real, real priesthood. We absolutely change in that moment. But we spend a lifetime digging out what God is bringing inside of us. That's salvation. Uh, it's, we cannot add to our salvation, but we can add to our relationship with God. In terms of understanding who is, because you can have a saved soul but an ineffective life. So you can be, you can have a moment where I put my hand up, but then you live ordinary for 50, 60 years. You get to heaven, you realize, oh wow, Jesus loved me. There's a guy called Brennan Manning. Who's heard of him? I recommend any of his stuff. Absolutely brilliant, ragamuffin gospel, etc. And uh, he says this after he says years of reading the Bible. He's an old, he died at about 79. He says, years of reading the Bible, meditating, praying, spending hours in prayer. He says he's convinced of this. When he gets to heaven, Jesus is going to ask one thing. He says, did you know that I loved you? Did you know that you didn't have to work for my love? Did you know that despite how, how shocking you are, that God, God looks at me and he knows all my secret thoughts. He looks at Ray's, he knows all Ray's secret thoughts. He, he, he knows exactly what's going on in us. He knows the intentions of our heart, but yet He still loves us. If we take it further back, you have John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world, He loved the world while it was still sin. And that's why for me, you, you come as you are, but you don't stay as you are. We are we're a church that wants, to, that wants to embrace people who are far from God. I spoke to uh, someone recently and they said, I don't believe in God. I said, well, come to church. You know, I mean, like, it's not a prerequisite that you have to believe in God in order to come to our church. It's not at all. Just come and learn. Come. You have to stay for 16 years before something drops. Come and stay. Mm. Uh, that's the kind of church we want to build. And that's the kind of church we need to be in the city. Work my notes. Um, we had uh, physical education at school. Okay? We called it PE. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, a guy called Mr. Bass. He used to make us do the push-up position. Uh, whenever we did something naughty, but he often would make us do it and then walk away. So the guys would start at the push-up position, and then he and, and make us count. He said, "Okay, do push-up position, then do 30. So he always like you start and do one, two. The moment he walks away, you just laugh flat in the stomach, and you go three, four, five, <laughs> six, and it's and it's exactly the same. I think in our Christianity, people want to be super vast. People want, people want someone to lord over them. Are you having a quiet time? Are you, are you reading through your Bible program? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And whereas Jesus wanted to, to grow maturity in us, and he wants to grow a relationship, it shouldn't be this lorded over thing. It should be like, oh, well, I've seen Jesus. I want to know him more. Mm. It shouldn't be a supervised thing. Um, our lives are changed because of Jesus Christ. I love this. 2 Corinthians 5 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, which you see throughout the New Testament, we might become the righteousness of God. Can we all repeat? The righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. That's what you are. If you have placed your faith in Christ Jesus, you cannot add to that salvation. You have placed your faith in him, it says, We are now in Christ. And we are now the righteousness of uh, the righteousness of God. Wow. We, we need to actually meditate on stuff like that. Because that 
for me, changes everything. Because then you start living from a place of, of what you really are, not to try to tell you something. So you live from a place of, I'm, I'm already saved, I'm, I'm a part of the royal priesthood, I'm all this, and you actually live your, your, your life from that place. If there's any working for your salvation, if, if you're listening to anything that, that alludes to that, that you have to somehow work to please God, because it's actually by, by faith, through the grace of Jesus Christ, that we can only please our Father. But if you're listening to something that actually speaks about working for salvation, it's not the gospel. I can tell you that categorically right now, if there's a whole bunch of listed things that you have to do in order to please the Father, that is not the gospel. Brendan Manning says this, My deepest awareness of myself is that I'm deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I've done nothing to earn it or deserve it. See, religion comes. And I know some religious people, and I, I just, I, I get veins in my neck when I think about it. I, for me, religion is somehow trying to attain something that you can stand before others, in front of others, look how good I am, look how Christian I am. Look, it's scriptures all over Facebook. I'm so ready. I mean, if you do that, fine. I know I've not done it a couple of times before. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, because I just know people who just kind of, they, they portray themselves as something. Whereas, if, honestly, I know that everyone has uh, has the sinful nature inside of them. Jesus has changed that. But there's still that leaning towards the old man that you want to keep going back to. Um, Brendan Manning again, he says, We should be astonished by the goodness of God, stunned that He should bother to call us by name. Our mouths should be wide, open at His love, bewildered at this very moment we are standing, bewildered, and at this very moment we are standing on holy ground. That for me is Christianity. It's understanding how forgiven you are. And if you're not, if you're not a believer here this morning, it's as simple as this. There's a holy God. And he's a just God. And in order to be completely just, he has to punish sin. But he's made a way out through Jesus Christ. And he loves you so much that he sent the only thing that, could, that cost him. He sent his only son to die in your place. I mean, that's simple gospel, but we have to live with this thing in our hearts. Because otherwise we are going to get into something where it's about works. It's about trying to attain something. It's working from a place of being loved. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this is... The new covenant. Now this was prophesied maybe seven, eight hundred years before Christ came. But this is the new covenant. I'll make the this is the new covenant I'll make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I'll put my instructions deep within them and I'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. We are living in the new covenant. He is our God, we are his people, he's written his laws on our hearts. We, we obey the law of the Spirit now. We, we, it's about relationship. It's, it's going back, in a sense, to the garden. It's going back to that walking in the cool of the day with the Father. That is what he's wanting us to understand about the gospel. Work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling. And it says, uh, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Now, for me, a couple of things there. First of all, we need to do all we can and God will do what He does. So it's not like we just stand around and wait for God to do everything. An example of this worship team. If we, and I've done this before and it ended up often just being a mess, where we come up, we've got no practice and we just go for it. 
It's, it's not God-honoring. It's not aiming at excellence. But if we've practiced and we've got our songs together and we are so we're so waxed as a team, we can easily allow the Spirit of God to flow because there isn't this tension of where we go and what we do. And I think it's the same in our lives. We, what, what God has revealed in Scripture, we do with our whole hearts, with full obedience. Sometimes we don't understand it. We just do it. I don't understand all the implications around, uh, around salvation, how it works. All, that, all I know is that I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I get His righteousness. It's unfair. The, the gospel is scandalous. And uh, uh, Michael Eaton says, if you preach a gospel that people don't leave their mouths open and say, wow, that's actually unfair. God, God is just so incredibly good. Then you're not preaching the gospel. If you add anything to the gospel, you're taking away from it. Um, hmm. It says... I love the, the words that it says, um, it says to will and to work. So God gives you the motivation to do good works. I don't, no one has to motivate me. I've said this many times. In the morning I wake up, I know my purpose in Christ. And that is God's purpose for all of us. He wants all of us to carry our purpose in Him for His kingdom, to move His kingdom forward. Um, for His good pleasure. And that for me is an understanding of God's sovereignty. I don't even want to always go near that because that we can spend a whole morning, ten mornings, talking about it, and I think we'd still have a whole lot of questions. I see it simply. God is good, God is just, and God is full of love in God's sovereignty. And, and He works out all things together for His good, for, for, for His will, for His good pleasure. Just think about how you got saved, how God... If you had to look at the circumstances, how someone other brought you to church, how you had a conversation with someone, you read a book, so, and it's like, okay, well, could that be all chance? Could that be the sovereign king actually leading you to himself? It says that we are predestined, and we are called by him. So he's, he's, he's calling us, he's, he's grabbing us, he's running after us. <laughs> Think about how you met your wife. Even with, like, Stalin and I, how we got together, and the stuff that we had to walk through even before we got married, it's, it's God sovereignly moving. God, I think, hardened her dad's heart for a season. God hardened Pharaoh's heart for a season. Mm. And it's enough for me. It's like, I, I don't understand all of this, but God is absolutely, we have to just sometimes just rely on God's wisdom and our sovereignty. Um, think about how God has worked through your mess. So God, in His sovereignty, will never take our free will away. Wow. Okay? So God is sovereign. And he works all things out together, but we're not robots. He yep. gave Adam and Eve free will. We need to understand that. We need to understand that, that I mean, I don't know if we talked about it the other day, but like, so you, you can't pick up, like, I've got free will. I can pick up a bottle, a glass bottle, which I have on it, smash it across Renzi's face. And it's like, that's not God's fault. Okay? And I'm, like, I'm supposed to be preaching, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's free will within God's sovereignty. Big subject, okay. For me, it's as simple as this. We need to learn to, to listen to and to obey the commandments of God. Is that there is actually God's will in His way, but sometimes we stuff up so badly, God still works around it. Mm. He's still, because he, the thing is, because He's sovereign, He knew you were going to mess up. He, and like Paul said a couple of weeks ago, He made provision for that mess by Him dying on the cross, yeah. and then He brings you back to Him. That, for me, is just crazy and just also shows God is... Imagine, the thing is this, I think a lot of people that become religious, they, they try to put God in a box and they try to make... Uh, so once they figure out who God is, He's in this box and He only acts within the certain parameter, that's when religion comes. God goes, okay, cool, I'm going to step away because you figured me out. 
And, uh, and I just think we can never get in that place. We have, we're, uh, honestly, we have to be a church that, that loves the mystery of God. That loves to just hang out like, oh, what's God going to do now? Now, there is God's revealed will, okay? And God will never go against us, okay? We have to understand that. But within that, there's prophecy. There's God, there's God in, uh, in Romans that speaks about that God uh, gives testament of who He is in, in nature, in, uh, in the things around us. Yeah. We need to obey the promises of God, follow as well. The second thing, which is, I don't know how long I've been going. Carry on. I've been preaching a while, so, yeah, well, at least one week, it's just, it's a whole lot in me, okay? It says, do all things, can we all shout that or say that? All things. All things. Without grumbling. Without grumbling. Or questioning. Or questioning. I'm stopping there. Stop. Because that's. Gavin doesn't have a bathroom. See, there's things in the Bible that I struggle to understand. That I think sometimes I just have to rely on God's sovereignty and the mystery of God. But then there's stuff like this where it says, do all things. There's no way around it. It's not do a lot of things without grumbling. We'll do some things without grumbling. It's do all things. That, I mean, it's one of those things I was talking about. This is clear obedience. So don't why? And uh, oh, I left it. left the thing at home. It would have been funny. I left a very funny little thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you complain to God. You complain to others. I mean, for me, you get, you get the wine, and that is like almost like that's eat all and winning the poo. You just wines all the time, complains all the time, always finds the negative. Honestly, who's, who, who's been around people where they never see the positive? Yeah. I can't stand it. I'm like an optimist. I mean, like the glass is always full. I mean, it's never even, I don't even see it, but just, it's, I know it's full. And I, I always want to be like that because I think when we complain and we always see the negative, it's, it's not reflecting our Father. It's not reflecting who God is. Um, complaining kills joy. We're talking about this book. It's a book of joy. Complaining kills joy. And you know, you always, there always is people who just, no matter how good things are going, they can find the bad thing in it. This change, this, this, we need to change our attitude. This is one of the things that just do. So do all things without complaining or arguing, which is difficult in a marriage. Guys, amen? <laughs> no, none of the guys said amen. <laughs> but it's like, when Sarah asked me to do something, and I know I should do it, DIY, my dad built a kitchen, I never inherited any of that, that gene, or desire, or will, or anything. And then Sarah asked me to do something, and then I, I, I actually do that, I argue, and I complain. Am I right? And I saw <laughs> Exactly. Thank goodness, all the guys are like, mm, they won't admit of that. Um, and I think if, if we live like that, immediately says what will happen. It says that you may become blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation as you shine as lights in the world. If we can just get that right, and it starts in the home. It starts at work. It starts how you speak of... Now, everything, everyone's so stoked about the Bible. Oh, we've got the Expo 2020. Talk two years ago, 
to some people, all they can do is complain about the sin. And I'm like, but if God has placed you, even if it's a seasonal thing, mm. love the city. Yeah. Not as an idol, but love, yeah. love being here. Love that God has placed you. Love that you're actually called to be effective in this place. Uh, speak life over the city. Don't speak all the negatives. Uh, financially. Some people always, I know that they earn a lot more money than me. But there's always complain, complaining about some kind of lack of finances. We just need to stop complaining. We just, that was clear. Okay, you got, you got the point. I'm talking to myself. There's a mirror, I'm actually just talking straight back to me. Stop, uh, I'm not much of a complainer, I'm just accepting issues. Okay. <laughs> Verse 15, for me, is, is clear. I've already read it. It says, which may blameless elements with uh, children of God, without blemish in the midst of the crooked generation, to shine like light in the world. The truth we learn here, simple. Keep the ship in the ocean, keep the ocean out of the ship. Okay. So, as believers, we need to be in the world, not of the world. But we need to be the influence and not be influenced. And, uh, and I think sometimes in your early days of being saved, it's good to pull away from, from worldly things. It's good to pull away from from friends, all that kind of thing, because then you can be so easily influenced. Even further down the line, the things that could trigger you back to sinning, just don't come near it. Mm. Keep that as a dedicated thing. Keep keep the, the ocean out of the ship, but keep the ship in the ocean. So we need to be relevant. As a church, we want to be a church that reaches the lost. And we and uh, we want to we want to do things with excellence, which has been quite difficult in this study. But uh, we, it's, we really want to reflect that because I heard a, a really cool illustration the other day. It's like, you have a coffee shop, okay? You can have a very ordinary coffee shop. Let's just call it Costa, okay? Um, and uh, that could be kind of tucked around somewhere. And you'll go there because you'll go there for a little caffeine fix. But then you can have a coffee shop which is just open. Who's been to Tom and Serge yet? Awesome, okay? Best coffee in the city. Uh, amazing, and um, so you can, you can go there, and then you can have these guys that really done excellent, they love it, or you can have someone at, at, uh, at Costa who doesn't really care about the job, burns your coffee, uh, gives you a box milk, all that kind of stuff where you just like, okay, whatever. And then, um, and then you can have a place that is really good. So for me, if I take it back to the church, God can anoint something that's really bad, okay? We never had a projector today that was kind of out of our control. But you can, we could just throw a bunch of chairs out, we can do things hard, like haphazardly. God can come and anoint that. And people may come, but if you've got this face that people walk into and they're like, wow, can we hook to it? So these, guys, these guys serve God and they, they want to serve God excellently. Everything is done excellently and well. It just makes the transition easier. At the end of the day, only the Holy Spirit can regenerate us and save us and change us. And that's why Star and I do focus on the details, okay? It's, it's important. It's important because if, sometimes if we don't or if the team around us does it, it doesn't get done. Mm. And people notice if the small details aren't done. So that's why we aim for excellence in all we do. We want to be a church that reaches uh, the world. We need to keep our saltiness. We need to keep our sharpness. Um, I don't know if you've seen cars, especially in Dubai, happens a lot. Uh, after a while, the lights in the front, they start to like become a bit heavy. And... Uh, just happens with old cars, remember my old car had that. And, uh, and I think sometimes like, we can get like that as believers. We can get offended, cynical, we can be delving into sin where we know we shouldn't be. We should, uh, guys, we should be, start looking at stuff we know you shouldn't. It just, it, uh, you, you had maybe four or five more drinks than you should have had at an office party, whatever it is. It's, all it does is it dims your lights. 
It makes your light and your vision not as strong as it should be. And we actually we need to repent of that. The message version says this. It's like we like a breath of fresh air in the squalid and polluted society. That's what Christians should be in a society. People should look at your work ethic, how good you are at work, how, how, you, how you honor leaders, all that kind of thing. And they said, there's something different about that person. And uh, we used to live in Discovery Gardens. And as you drive up that one road, it always smells. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it still smells now. I think they had some kind of refinement thing. And Starla would always look at me and go, Dan, was that you? <laughs> Every time. Every time she did that, I'm, like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for it. Then Starla would open the window and let more of the stink in. <laughs> in. In those moments, you want a, a breath of fresh air. And uh, so we live in Murdoch now, sometimes the stars just need to follow us, really. Um, like, if the wind blows the wrong way, you get a serious smell of, I don't know what, kind of wafting into the um, house. And uh, you just want a breath of fresh air. And I think that's, if, if we're not complaining, we're not arguing, we're not, we've been truly to reflect who Jesus is, it's like a breath of fresh air in this world. And the world needs us. It's our responsibility to, to stand up and be that. To this world. Let's make it even more personal and closer to home. It's rugby sevens. Keep your testimony this weekend. Don't go and uh, taint your testimony about, and you think, oh, you know, I'm going to just have a few more drinks than I usually would. Don't do it. Just keep a testimony of Christ. But at the end of the day, you are different. Your citizenship is not on earth anymore. So don't act like you're a citizen of this earth. Your citizenship is now in heaven. You are, you are radically different. You have changed the way that you interact. Guys that are dating girls, the way that you, that you date, first of all, you shouldn't be sleeping with her. And second, you are totally, totally different. Neil and Lisa were meant to be able to, I know that he got saved out of a very hectic mm. background. And they, they did all they could to not sleep together. To the night when they actually got married the other day. And obviously, happy. But, um, but for me, the thing is this, it's like, we, we have to be different. The Bible clearly tells us what to do and not to do. And uh, we, need, we, need, we need to be able to live that thing out. So, sometimes I'm just what I say. Um, anyway, we're almost done. We need to keep reaching out. We need to be fishers of men. We need to, it's our responsibility to be the, the gospel laughing, bro. To be the gospel testimony in the city. It's our responsibility. God, God has placed churches in the city, and every church has a different calling. And the ultimate calling of each church is to reach the lost. It's to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. It's the only reason. It's why I think God has been incredibly gracious and amazing by opening this opportunity for me and our course, which is in the center of the city. Mm. And I think it's, again, it's called to be light in the city. And in a sense, how can we be a light like when we're all the way out in, uh, in the cricket stadium? God has called us to be a light in the city and change the city. Okay, I want to stop there. Let's stand and pray, please. <coughs> Father, we, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. God, we pray that um, that you would just, as, as this word was was preached, Lord God, would just come in. You just the areas that you need to change in our hearts, you change them right now. Do all things without complaining or arguing. 
that we live as shining lights in this universe. God, there's things that is tainting our testimony. God, would you just remove it, Father? Father, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves now to righteousness. Father, I thank you that there's been a divine transaction that has taken place. God, we are now the righteousness of God. And Father, I just, and while everyone's eyes are closed, and honestly, this is really between you and God, but those guys or girls that are just struggling with, uh, with secret sins, I'm not even going to ask you to put your hand up because it might just be too awkward. But I really feel the Holy Spirit's prompting me to, Chris, can you come and play, please? Thanks. Um, the Holy Spirit's prompting me to just say, repent of those things. Repent of, uh, maybe it's a, a, a dodgy business dealing that you've got involved in. Maybe as I was talking, you're, you're a single guy, single girl, you're sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Repent. Just say, do not God, I know it's not what you require, but give me strength not to. Father, would you just... God, there's something that's profound that happens when, 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 when we do turn towards you, because we know that we're not going to be rejected by you. That you are this loving God. You are this loving King. That, that, that the moment we turn back to you, Father, you just your arms are wide open, you're pursuing us. Father, I pray, I just I pray almost uh, something of a blanket prayer for all of us. Those of us who are struggling through through sins. Guys could be sexual sins, could be whatever. Jesus, would you come and just change us? Father, where there's desires that some, in some people's hearts that are just so leaning towards sin, Father, would you just come and just put your loving hand there? Father, we thank you that we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And just for everyone's eyes are closed, I do recognize a lot of faces, but if you have never given your life to Jesus, you've never experienced forgiveness. You're standing here today, you're like, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've done things that haven't been pleasing to the Father. And uh, if that is you, there is, there is a, a God who loves you. There's a God who's standing this side and he's just saying, come my boy, come my, come my girl, I love you. Surrender to me. If that is you, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, just, I'd love you to raise your hand. It's a moment of repentance saying, God, I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. Awesome. See, see your hand. You can put your hand on, thanks. If there's anyone else, this is a moment that I think God is just saying, He's drawing a line in the sand. So I'm going to pray a prayer. There's someone put their hand up. We're just going to pray this thing together. And it's uh, along with that person. Father, I come before you this morning. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I pray, Jesus, you would wash me clean. I pray, Jesus, that you would wash me clean. God, I repent of my old lifestyle. God, I repent of my old lifestyle. I know that today I'm turning towards you. I know that today I'm turning towards you. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. And again, if you didn't put your hand up and you prayed that prayer, please come speak to. Could the leaders just raise their hand? Ramu, Street Bridget, Kevin, 
there's enough leaders around them, my wife, uh, Gary Lindy, just, just come and speak, come and speak to them. Just like, listen, I made that, that confession, we won't give you uh, just a few things, we have a coffee with you during the week, if that is your son. Father, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your presence, we pray, Lord Jesus, you'd be with us this week. Lord, we thank you that we're going into a new season. We pray for much abundance, we pray for, 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 for many people to come to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.